You're listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at harvestoakville.ca. Week number one in our series of seeking to follow Christ as clear as we've ever done it. And with that, then, welcome officially to this series. And I'm inviting you to open your Bibles to John chapter 15. As week number one, we tackle the all-essential truth of abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. A new and true Christ follower must abide. Again, please open your Bibles to John chapter 15. As you're doing that, I just want to uh, say this. Uh, this past summer, I was riding my bike, and um, I was um, by myself. I was early in the morning. The sun was shining. I was riding through this forest, and it was actually through this kind of provincial park, and so no one was around at all, not a soul in sight. It was me, the Lord, and the chipmunks, and I was just enjoying that so much and, and just riding in kind of the early part, again, of the day. And, and as you're riding through this forest and just kind of taking in just the serenity and the beauty and, and breathing heavily as you're trying to make it home again and that kind of thing, but all of a sudden I heard, as I'm riding through this forest again by myself, I heard this massive loud crack and like literally, as I'm, as I'm driving by this, this huge cracking sound, you know that saying, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Yes, it does. All right? Yes, it does. Yeah. Well, at least when you're there, I guess. Whatever. Anyways, right? So this massive crack, and this tree falls right down beside the road at the exact time that I'm going by. So, so when that happens, the tree, with a thud, lands right beside the road, and my heart landed in my throat. You know what I'm saying? So two things I immediately thought of right there. I'm just like, wow, I'm so thankful I didn't die, right? Kind of not the way you want to go, is it? You know? So just to be riding your bike and hit by a tree. That would... That would <laughs> It's not exactly, hey, how did Pastor Robbie die? Well, he's riding his bike and a tree landed on him. What are the chances, you know? I just, not exactly. Those. Anyway, anyways, so the other thing I was thinking was this. Well, I said, there is something significantly wrong with that tree. That tree had no life, apparently. That tree had no strength, no, uh, no longer in it. That tree had no vitality. The roots of this tree had failed. And because all those things are true, at the moment I was riding by, this tree fell And fell hard, did it too. Look at John 15, verse 4. Notice the truth here that if we're not abiding the Lord Jesus Christ, we will not stand also. Verse 4 says, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Here we go. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, tell me, tell me, nothing, nothing. Look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. The bottom line for today is this, and the starting point for true discipleship is this within our Christ Follower series. Here's the truth. It is impossible to follow Christ without abiding in Him. I'll say it again. It is impossible to truly follow Christ without abiding in Him. The person who does not abide in Christ, they simply will not last The person who is not abiding in Christ, they will not bear fruit. Our text says that today explicitly. The person who does not abide in Christ, they will fall as well. 
the crux of our passage, the truth of our passage that can't be avoided today as we begin this series as well. There is no true disciple of Jesus who does not abide in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is life. Jesus is strength. Jesus is vitality. Jesus is everything. This is why Jesus says in this text, John 15 verse 1, I am the true vine. In other words, I am the only source of life. This is why Jesus says in John 14, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's why in Jesus, he's the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. All things were made through him and nothing was made that was made that wasn't the cause of Jesus Christ as the Lord over all creation. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Therefore, if an individual fails to truly abide in Jesus Christ, here it is, they cannot be a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. Abiding in Christ is the fundamental, all-essential, non-negotiable principle of what it means to begin life and carry on in life with Jesus Christ. Again, look at verse 6. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, not my words, his word, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. A true Christ follower must abide, and this is what we learn today specifically from verse 5. Such an important message because who knows what the Lord will do even now. We will understand again that our greatest calling in life fundamentally at the beginning is that we would abide in the only one who can provide fruit and life and joy and love. It's Jesus Christ. Before we go any further, let me, let me just pray ever so briefly. Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus Christ, we need you so much, oh Lord, may just the, the living waters of Jesus Christ flood through this place. Lord, I don't know who's here exactly. You do, you do. Please use this time. In the name of Jesus, oh Lord, shine your light. Send your life, O Lord, I pray that you would reinvigorate us in what is most important. Help us to even see with such clarity. God, I pray for a supernatural service and supernatural preaching and supernatural time of application by you because you're the one who does it. I can do nothing. You do everything. Even today we learn apart from you we can do nothing. Oh God, I pray. Oh God, I pray. Take this time in our church and make it it one that is unbelievably powerful and so blessed and fruitful. Spare us, Lord, from being angry at one another and core and being jealous and having rivalries help us to see the glory that is seen in Jesus Christ and love would be our greatest virtue as we respond and abide in Jesus Christ. May it be so, may it be so in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, here we go, here we go. With the time we have remaining, let's learn specifically from this text what it means to truly follow Christ from John 15. Point number one is this. As a true follower of Christ, I love this, I love this. This means this, that I am supernaturally connected to Christ. As a genuine follower of Christ, I mean, you might have heard this before, hear it again and be excited and let it fill your heart with gladness and and, and adoration to our God. Jesus says, look at verse five, verse five. I am the vine, you are the vine the branches. Let's stop right there, okay? What Jesus just said, he just described the most beautiful, powerful, and intimate relationship in all of creation. 
Did you hear what he said? He says to his true disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. In other words, what he's saying, he looks his true disciples in the eyes right now, and he says, you are supernaturally connected to me, and I am supernaturally connected to you. Now, when you get the theology of that statement, you say, awesome. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The moment Jesus starts talking about grapevines, his disciples' minds start racing and they see the imagery and example because grapevines were everywhere throughout ancient Israel. What would immediately be understood in the minds of the disciples is the secret of the relationship of the branch as it attaches to the stem of the vine. They would know right away what Jesus is trying to say. The branch has no chance of life apart from being fully attached in union with the stem, again, of the vine. So the union of the branch to the stem is the secret to all of life for the branch that is joined to the vine. It's the branch's secret to life, to strength, to vitality, and to any and all fruit. The branch rests entirely within the union that it has with the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine. You, my true disciples, are the branches. So what is this then? What is Jesus saying other than the spiritual union that true believers share in Jesus Christ. When we are saved, union, our union with Christ is an astoundingly beautiful theology, and I'm gonna attempt to unpack it for you right now that you might share in the awe and wonder I had this week and including this moment right now. Our union in Christ really represents our entire salvation. Even eternity past, to eternity future as well. Some of you are like, I don't understand. Well, let's try to learn together. The union we share as Christ is the vine and we are the branches, that is a living union. It is alive right now. Jesus Christ sustaining and empowering and causing us to persevere and to know life. There is no other relationship in all of creation that you can possibly and even closely compare to the relationship we have with Jesus Christ as our union exists in him being the vine. I mean, we, we get fired up about our friends. We get Some of you are fired up about a boyfriend or girlfriend. But I mean, please, compared to the Lord Jesus Christ, there is nothing that comes close to this most beautiful, intimate, and powerful relationship in all of creation. It's our union with him. Again, some of you are like, I, I need to understand more. Good, let's do that together. Here's the theology of what it means that we have union with Christ. Let's start here. The roots of our union with Christ are in divine election, okay? So how is this union even possible? How can we be saved? How can we be joined to the vine? Well, the roots of this union are the fact that Ephesians 1.3, it says, before the foundations of the world, God chose you. 
In love, he predestined you for adoption. It always blows my mind every time I say it, man. Before you were thought, before your mother's womb, before the world was even formed, God had, if you're saved in Christ, God had you on his mind and he had chosen you before you even had breath, let alone any formation in your lungs or body whatsoever. That's it, that's it. So these are the roots of our union. Now, now, how is the union possible then? Well, the basis of our union is Christ dying on the cross. Because if Jesus Christ doesn't die on the cross, we have no chance at forgiveness. There's no access to God. The temple curtain is not torn. There's no way that we can go from enemies of God to friends of God. But when Jesus Christ dies, he pays for our sins and then offers us eternal life if we receive the gift of grace by faith. So the roots divine election, the basis is the cross of Jesus Christ because that's where we are redeemed or have the opportunity to be redeemed. Now the actual union of Christ now, which we want to look at, this is the vine and the branches part. The actual union is established with God's people in time. You see, well, what does that, what does that mean? I, I really encourage you, like if right now you're kind of going through this and you're like, oh, I'm kind of getting it, just revisit it this week. Like, go on video, take a picture of right now with your phone, whatever. Just get this. Theology is awesome. This is, this is your whole life if you are saved in Jesus Christ. So, so let's go to the next slide, okay? Here is what our actual union with Christ looks like. If we are in union with Christ, we are initially united with Christ in regeneration. So we're chosen, Jesus Christ dies, and the moment we are saved in Jesus Christ or born again, we are regenerated, that's when the union actually starts to take place literally and physically and spiritually upon our lives. We are made new. The old is gone, the new has come. Notice our union with Christ. We appropriate and continue to live out this union through faith, through faith. Galatians 2, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith, right? And the Son of God. And so this is how we experience the union and, and what it actually looks like in our lives. We are justified in union with Christ. See, when the branch is attached to the vine, then we are declared innocent, we are forgiven, but the union is the foundation for all of these aspects of our redemption and salvation. We are sanctified through union. If you're not, if you're not in the vine, you're not going to become like Jesus Christ. It's impossible. The sap and the juice of the stem is not flowing into your life, but the union with Christ, all of this begins to happen. Let's go to the next slide. A couple more things to see. Our actual union with Christ means we persevere. We endure. When you're attached to the vine, his life in you, you're going to make it. Uh, Philippians 1.6, what God has started, he will finish. Not one of the ones that God gives me will be cast out. I will lose, Jesus says. Uh, this one too, we are even said to die in Christ when we're in union with him. So you go to a funeral of a believer and it might be sad, but it's not sad for them. Why? Because the moment they pass from this life, they're standing over death and saying, death, where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? Because of union with Christ, you have no victory. There is no sting in death because now I really start to live in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because of our union with him. Our union means we shall be raised with Christ. When Christ returns, he could return any moment, or in that time we go to him, we will see ourselves right all because of our union with Christ, because branches attached to the stem. And finally, we shall be eternally glorified with Christ. Amen? 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 Come on, Lord, bring it, bring it, bring it. All because of our union with, what you see? Our union with Christ is the foundation to every aspect of our salvation, eternally past, starting with election, and eternally future, being glorified in the eternal state forever and ever. Amen? 
So, that's a lot. But that's good stuff. When Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches, fundamentally and theologically, that's what he's saying. So, in order of a lie this week, as I meditated on that truth this week, I, I had to stop from my study, back, study desk, just kind of sit back and just shake my head and said, that is awesome. Like, that's what I did this week. And tears filled my eyes. You know what happened too? My love for Christ grew in that moment. My wonder and awe of the Lord Jesus Christ grew as well. And my humility, I pray, increased because I'm so humbled with the fact that I'm a branch attached to the stem. And because of this, in union with Christ, all of these aspects of my redemption and salvation are laid before me because I did nothing. He did everything. Humbles me, man. Jesus says, that's right, Robbie, you are supernaturally connected to me, and I am supernaturally connected to you. Can't you see why there is no more important relationship in your life than your union with Jesus Christ? There is nothing that even comes close. Are you kidding me? Your friends, your friends can't match union with Christ. Family can't match union. They're all good stuff. Great, 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 great. Your highest calling, your greatest affection, your strongest emotions must be in the Lord Jesus Christ because there is no one like him. Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. No wonder we're called to abide then. He's the only one who can give us life. He's the only one who does give us life and then continues to give us life. Lord, help us to see this even now and get our priorities straight. Listen, it is impossible to truly follow Christ apart from abiding in him. It's impossible, spiritually and theologically impossible, to truly follow Christ without abiding in him. Point number two. Point number two is this. As a true follower, I cannot bear fruit if I do not abide. I cannot bear fruit if I do not abide. Look at verse five again. So Jesus carries on and he says, whoever abides in me, and I in him, amazing, he it is that bears much fruit. What does abide fundamentally mean? Abide means to remain in Jesus Christ. Abide means I stay in Jesus Christ. Abide means I draw life from Jesus Christ. Abide at its fundamental base is salvation. It is, it, is, it is regeneration. It is being born again. But it doesn't just stop there. Abide also is the calling of sanctification as we learn through our lives of continuing to draw life and strength from the Lord Jesus Christ. So abide affects unbelievers in the call to be saved, but it also impacts believers in the call to get the priorities of life crystal clear before us. Look at verse 4. Verse 4, Jesus says this, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Now, now careful with the words here. Notice it's not abide with me. No, 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 it's abide in in me. The branch is in the vine. The branch is not parallel to the stem. They don't parallel each other. No, no, no. The branch is in the vine. The branch has no, ch uh, uh, no chance, no fruit, apart from uh, being in the actual vine. 
because all the sap and the juice from the vine flow from the stem into the branch. The branch gets all its life and nutrients and power and vitality from the stem. The sap and the juice flow into it, then causing it to bear fruit. This is why Jesus says, abide in me. It's impossible then to follow Christ apart from abiding in him. I cannot bear fruit then if I'm not abiding in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. So notice this, the, the parable that Jesus gives in the vine and the branches, when you really sit down and think about it, it just blows your mind. I'll help you a little bit here with that. You could talk about this forever. That's the way that God's word works. You just can't exhaust it. Let's try to mine out a little bit more here, okay? The power of abiding in Christ is this, okay? It's simply allowing his power to flow through your life. The branch never adds to its own existence. The branch only becomes what it receives from the vine. You get that? That's so key. The branch doesn't break off and go, okay, I'm going to try hard, and I'm going to bear some fruit of mine. No, no, no. The branch doesn't stand a chance apart from everything it gets from the stem. The branch cannot produce its own fruit. Is entirely dependent upon, again, the sap and the juice that comes from the vine. So we don't produce fruit through our effort. We produce fruit by Jesus in us. Our calling is to abide. See, this is the incentive. This is why I'm so passionate about spending time with the Lord as the starting point of our lives. If we don't, abiding mostly is time with the Father, time with Jesus, in word, in prayer, in praise, in worship. It's time seeking. That's, that's the fundamental best way we abide. See, because when we know we have no chance apart from him, well, then that gives us the incentive and the conviction that, well, I need to be spending time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this too. Many people believe that it's their activity that produces fruit. Large portions of the church, some of you here right now, you believe it's your effort and your activity that produces fruit. That's theologically incorrect. The Bible doesn't teach that at all. No, no, no. It's our relationship with Christ that produces fruit. See, when you think it's your activity, that's you taking the branch off of the vine and trying through effort. No, no, no. Your relationship, our relationship with Christ attaches us to the vine and that's where the fruit comes from. See, this is why Jesus starts this foundational passage in verse one. Look at verse one. He says, I am the true vine. Meaning, I am the only source of power, of true power. I'm the true vine. You know what true vine also suggests? That there are false vines. And we in our lives are tempted to abide in vines that are false. So this is, listen here, this is, this is of internal importance in the next couple of phrases right here, okay? That's why there are many professing Christians all throughout the church across this land, right now, sitting in church, all across this land, who are leaning entirely on external religious forms of behavior to gain merit with God. They are relying on that, which is not truly abiding. It is external human effort and behavior that will gain them access into heaven. 
but many within the visible church, right? Now, the visible church is what we see right here. But the reality is not everyone here is part of the invisible church, those who are truly born again. Who are they? I don't know. I don't know. God does, though. But not everyone in this room is saved. That's a guarantee. But it's the visible church. But many, many people in the visible church have never truly demonstrated the fruit of abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people across this land, they sit in church, but there's been no genuine grace, there's been no true faith, and there's been no evidence of a genuine work of the Holy Spirit causing them to go from the power of Satan to God from death to life. They would be in the category of John 15, dead branches. It's so scary though, isn't it? Many, many people either being taught or deceiving themselves into thinking that they can play this Christian game, this religious game, and they think they're attached to the vine, but in reality, there's no true fruit, there's no true abiding, they cannot possibly be saved. This is the tragedy of religion. It blinds people to the reality of what relationship is in Jesus Christ. Again, this is why verse 6 is such a big deal. Look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. See, that's why there are some dead branches. They think they're attached to the vine because they've been baptized. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is a symbol that you have been saved sometime in the past. That's why some people, they have their church membership. They're, They're counting on their church membership to save them. Church membership doesn't save you. Kidding me? That's just too easy. And then it's our effort, it's our works. So we get the glory, not God. Church membership doesn't save you. That's why there are some dead branches. They think that if they just attend church, if I just go to church a couple of times a month or whatever, that doesn't. Are you kidding me? Some people believe if I'm a higher standard of morality, then that saves me. No, 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 no. That's not in the Bible. Morality isn't saved. We have no morality to offer because we are sinful people with unrighteousness plaguing our lives and souls. But there's so many people who think that because they're a good person, they're getting into heaven. That is a, a level of deception which will be tragic at the end of the day. In reality, without Christ, without being regenerated, saved in Him, they think they're abiding. They are not because they have never been truly attached to the vine and therefore they never have true fruit and they never have true life. Don't you see, this is why verse 8 is all important. Look at verse 8 now. Look at verse 8. Jesus says, by this my Father is glorified. What? That you bear much fruit, that you bear much fruit and so prove, verse 8, verse 8, and so prove to be my disciples. So do you see here? True fruit is the proof of true abiding. True abiding is the proof of true discipleship. I would fail you today if I did not say the following. Within a room this size, without a doubt, it could be way smaller than this too. There are some here right now, you are a professing Christian, but you've never been truly saved. And there's never been the true, authentic fruit of the Lord Jesus Christ. No true grace, no true faith, no true evidence of the Holy Spirit and the outworking of regeneration within your life. Without a doubt, loved ones, I don't know who these people are. 
I just know they're here right now. And isn't it something by the grace of God that you are here to hear the message, to confront you in love with the most important message you could ever hear, to examine your life, to see whether or not you are in the faith. Now, I'm not asking you to doubt your salvation. I am asking you to examine it. Some people would say, how dare you ask such a question? Well, at the end of the day, it's not me, it's God. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, check it out. God says this through Paul, through the Holy Spirit. Examine yourselves to see whether or not you are in the faith. Test yourselves. I mean, today's a form of a test. Or do you not realize this about yourself? That Jesus Christ is in you? There it is. Jesus Christ abides in you and you abide in Jesus Christ? He says, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I'm not asking you to doubt your salvation. I'm asking us to examine it. We're going to have good times and bad times. We're going to have seasons of fruitfulness that are more than others. We're going to have times where by the end of the day, though, there must, there must be a proof of abiding in the Lord that is demonstrating fruit through our lives. Again, it is impossible to follow Christ without abiding in Him. You know, I'll speak to believers just for a second, and how many of you are here, so many, so many beautiful children of God. But let me just say that some of you, your hearts have grown cold. That's why this series is for you and me so much. Some of you, you've been in a place where things just aren't going so great. Some of you are in a place where apathy has set in, the world is, the idolatry has kind of creeped in, and your affection. Listen, by the grace of God, the abides. The abide bus has pulled to a stop right here, and the doors are wide open. The Holy Spirit's like, come on in, man, we're going for a ride. Does the Holy Spirit talk that way? I'm not really sure, okay? But the bus has stopped. The abide bus has stopped. The doors are wide open, and you are invited again to get on board. And let's, and come on, come on, get on, get on. Let's all of us get on. Let's pack it in. Let's pack in on the abide bus and see what God does through that. This is by God's grace. It's here right now. He has stopped again to gather more of his children to the greatest purpose in life. Living life for what matters most. He will be challenged. We're going to be challenged, I pray, as much as ever because this is what is most important. I'm humbled, even at the opportunity that the Lord wants us to abide in Him in this way as He abides in us. You know one of the keys to this and this theology? Renewing our minds to the things that we choose to invest in, the dung of this world compared to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. A few examples. Consider the sources of abiding so often in our lives compared to the all-sufficient Jesus Christ, beautiful Savior. Consider how we abide in our couches. You know, it's amazing the time we might spend abiding in our couches so much so we start abiding into complete laziness and spiritual slothfulness. Consider how we abide in our smartphones. Again, we're talking about time right now, right? Talking about time. Do you know that... Many of us will live our lives in such a way with our smartphones that essentially what we're saying is we pick up our smartphone, look at it, and we say, apart from you, I can do nothing. (laughs) Is that not true, though? Is that not true? This thing is so close to us. It sleeps with us. It travels with us. It rests on our hearts. It's never far from our our, our It's all, it's just, it's incredible to just really think about it. And just to say, like, we are abiding so much in a device but are we abiding in Christ? These things don't have to be bad. We abide in TV, we abide in internet, we abide in boyfriends and girlfriends, we abide in our appearance, we abide in makeup, we abide in the gym, we abide in golf swings, we abide in our hobbies, we abide in our houses, we abide in our vacation homes, we abide in our holidays, we abide in our kids. 
Wow, we abide in our kids a lot. Great, great, love my kids. But they're not Jesus. We abide in our work, but the fundamental question is, are we abiding in Christ? Jesus says, unless you abide in me, you will not bear fruit. But he says, if you abide in me, you bear much fruit. I hate to break it to you, but your kids can't bear fruit through your life. Your relationship with your spouse cannot bear fruit through your life. It's Jesus in you that bears any and all fruit through those relationships. Your business will not bear spiritual fruit through your life. It can't be the source. Jesus is the source. Your video games can't bear fruit through your life. Nothing, nothing, nothing can bear fruit through your life as a source other than Jesus Christ. This is why it's impossible to follow Christ without abiding in him. This is why I cannot bear fruit unless I'm abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. The theology and the opportunity today is right before us. Take it for what it is. There's no point in living this life if we're not abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ because everything else is temporal, external, and will not last. But our relationship with Jesus Christ is everything. That's why in verse 9, Jesus says, you abide in my love. That's why in verse 11, Jesus says, when you abide in my love, your joy will be found. My joy in you will be, you want joy? You want fullness of joy? The answer is Jesus Christ. You want love? You want true love? The answer is Jesus Christ. He is the one. And that's why, loved ones, Jesus loves us so much. That's why he prunes us. Look at verse 2. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? 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 That it may bear more fruit. Are you in trial right now? Trial is the number one method of God to see more fruit through our lives. Isn't it nothing short of remarkable to prune back a bush or a tree and you give it a couple of weeks or months and boom, it explodes forth and you're like, how did that happen? That's incredible. It's God's, I, I just, I challenge you. Every time you see it, use it as a metaphor for your life and what God wants to do. I want to be pruned. I don't want to be pruned. Well, then you don't want to grow and neither do I. He prunes us because he loves it. Can you, right now, how many trials represent in this room? Thousands. Can you look at your trial right now? Can you see it as God's source of love to bear more fruit through your life? Can you choose in the power and humility before the Lord to see how God is using this right now because he loves us to bear more fruit through us? I can. It hurts. Not that I want it, but man, God knows. God knows and I don't. Let us be convinced I cannot bear fruit if I do not abide. And therefore, point number three briefly is this. I am 100% dependent upon Christ. As a true follower, I am 100% dependent upon Christ. Look at verse 5. Jesus says, Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Here it is. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Could Jesus be any clearer here? Remember, Jesus isn't talking to unbelievers here. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus is saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, many people at the end will say to Jesus, Jesus, why didn't you make it clear? How come you didn't tell me about this stuff? About Apart from you, I can do nothing. I mean, if you would have told me just kind of right in front of me, if you would have put it on paper and told me that there's no point in living my life apart from you, then I would have done it. Jesus is going to be like, help me. He's doing it right now, again. Don't you see, you are without excuse, as am I. 
He is as clear as day right now. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Man, I wish you would have told me. He is telling you. Man, I wish you would have made it clearer. He is being clear. Man, I wish you would have said it a couple of times. He is saying it a couple of times. He's not the problem. We are. We're so dumb. We continue to live lives and invest in that which will never satisfy and give us joy. Jesus says, come on, come on, come on. You want to bear fruit? You want to see life? Apart from me, you can do nothing. And you want to be humbled right now? This isn't 75% dependent on Christ. This isn't 90. This isn't 95. I kind of hate to hurt your pride. Actually, no, I don't hate it at all. I love, love to hurt our pride. Not even 99% and 1% us. It's 100% Jesus Christ that we depend upon him. It's impossible to follow Christ without abiding in him. Notice this though, okay? The fruit that we want to see, I pray you want to see through your lives. I mean, think of um, the dads that are here right now. You want your children to look up to you. Man, listen, listen. Your starting point is abide. I think of the young people here. They want to be used for Jesus Christ in leadership. Your starting point is abide. I think of the marriages here that want to have rock and happen in marriage. Your starting point is abiding. If you're not abiding, what do you, you have nothing to complain about. You can't do it apart from Jesus Christ. You can't walk by your Bible every day and never read it. You can't ever not pray. You can't pray. You don't ever pray. It's not going to happen. Forms of abiding in the Lord Jesus. This is the theology that changes my life because I'm convinced of this. Therefore, it compels me to live it out. On the screen for you here, here's the logic of what happens. When I understand this truth in, in John 15, 5, this doctrine leads to duty. This belief leads to behavior, not as a, hey, God, you're happy with me now. Good boy, Robin. No, 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 no. This truth must lead to transformation because I'm so convinced that apart from Christ, I could do it. Why do we pray as a church? This is why. Don't you see? Don't you see? But if you don't fundamentally believe, you say, oh, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. But then you walk away and do nothing about it. No, you don't believe it. You don't believe it then because if you believed it, you'd do something about it. It's impossible to follow Christ apart from abiding in him. I want you to see this, okay? Notice the design of God, stem, branch. The branch is 100% dependent upon the vine, but notice this. In terms of bearing fruit, the vine is totally dependent upon the branch. By the design of God, whether in a plant or the church, God has placed himself in a situation by his own design where he fully relies on the branches to bear and show the fruit of his glory. That is awesome. That is crazy, but that is awesome. So listen, how much fruit does God want to bear through us? The answer is much. And he has designed it that he would bear fruit through his church and only his church how humbling is that so then you start to dream and say in acts chapter 2 the young men would dream dreams the old men would have visions of what could god do how much fruit could he bear through us because we are the vehicle to see his message advanced think about it loved ones men women children just think about it i am the vehicle of the fruit of God 
for a lost and dying world. Look at it this way. Let's say there's 4,000 people in this church right now, give or take a couple, whatever. Men, women, children, okay? If this year, every person in this church led one person to Christ, it goes from 4,000 to 8,000. I did some math this week. It doesn't happen too much, but I did some math this week. 8,000. The next year after that, 16,000. The next year after that, 32,000. 64,000. Do you know what is absolutely incredible? If that pattern continued just from this one church in this nation, in 15 years, all of Canada would be evangelized. Listen, twice over 60 million people would know the Lord Jesus Christ in 15 years if each one of us led one person to Christ each year. That is incredible. That is the opportunity when Jesus says, I want to bear much fruit. And Jesus says, greater, thing, greater things than these will you see speaking to his disciples and you will do greater things than I did, Jesus says. The all-important imperative command of abide, it all starts with abiding. You cannot truly be a follower of Christ if we do not abide in him. He says it right here. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Lord, may the theology convince us of our practice now. 